All right, guys, and welcome to the plot twist. Uh, today's topic is going to be something that we're, uh, I guess, it might touch some people a different kind of way. It might be um, outside of the box and very like it's just something people do not talk about or ever talk about. But it's something that is really near and dear to me because it really is one of the reasons why this show is called the plot twist. So, the plot being, you know, being uh, black right and being christian identifying with christianity and the twist being that you're still gay right so um there's a lot of people that have this feeling or um yeah this judgment that you cannot be the three they don't go together and that's going to be the kind of that's going to be the center of the topic today and i'm going to try to do it in a way that is uh really concise and to the point um but um i can't help but kind of shape this as a sermon because I'm still a church boy and whatever. And with the topic at hand, I kind of feel like I have to present stuff and back it up. Um, so I'm going to do so and I'm going to make it really personal and talk about my life. And this is kind of why I identify my identity is wrapped up in the three. So um, I was brought up, uh, born in Toronto. My mom is Jamaican, brought up in the church, Christian. Um, my dad is from Angola. He was not a uh, Christian. Uh, my mom and dad, they met in the club. Um, and I was conceived that way. They got married, you know, it's no shade. I'm not going to like try to drag that story out, but basically my mom and dad were not in the church when I was born. Um, I was going to the church with my uncle because at the end of the day, back in our generation, we were born, everybody who, um, was Christian, even if they did not still identify as such, they would send their kids to church with somebody in their family who was still going to church because, Everybody knows, raise your child in the way that he would go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. Let's just remember that, okay? So I was brought up in the church, going to church every week. And like I said, my family, my immediate family was not so deep into it. But I was always, like, from young, I was always so attracted to being in church. And I was always so involved, like, um, anything to do with Sabbath school or singing or music or, you know, Anything that was outside of church that was related to us, I was always the first one to be signed up to do it because I was just, I was all for it. I was all for church and I was all for God and I was all for anything to do with either one, right? So um, years later, um, I become, you know, more into my body and more into myself and I become the guy who you kind of see before you today. Um, And I'm realizing that in my nature, in my flesh, what we talk about, in church, call it the flesh. I noticed that there is um, something that's within me that doesn't really line up with everything that I've been taught and everything that I've been told um, and what we're praying about and singing about. And I'm noticing that um, essentially that I am, I'm dealing with something that is essentially going to cause a huge riff within me, with me and everybody that's around me because I'm noticing that I'm attracted to guys. Like, and this is like, even in church, sometimes we'd be talking about all oh, these girls and these girls and whatever. And in my mind, I'm talking about like, it, I'm naturally seeing guys that's more attractive and this is from young. So, and I already knew it was wrong because obviously everyone's talking about girls and girls and girls and we already know it's a church so you're already taught about you know your wife and this and family and blah 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 so I knew it was wrong so as I'm developing these feelings I'm already in the state of mind that you know what this is going to be my lifetime struggle you know I'm never going to really um, 
get over this because you know people who have drug addiction they never really get over it that's something that they struggle with and they beat they kind of conquer but they don't really get over it right so this will be my struggle for life and whatever whatever that has been my mentality um i get older and um you get to the age of i guess exploration and um discovery and sexuality now so this is now just beyond not just like attraction but you're trying to like become you know curious essentially and um obviously i'm going to be more curious about doing stuff with guys because that is just what's been going on on the inside and that's where the curiosity was um, that's where it dwelled. So I started to become curious about it, whatever, started discovering it, blah, blah, blah. That's not the point of the story, right? Um, as I, as I'm, dis as I'm discovering and navigating, you know, this sexuality, of course, please remember that I'm still going to church all the time, right? I mean, I mean, like, this is like four times a week at this point. So it's like, you have, and I'm, and, and, I was raised up in Sabbath keeping. I have to go back to say that. I have to go back. I have to go back a lot because Sabbath keeping is a lot different than Sunday churches. Um, when they say the whole strict kind of Christian, quote unquote, they're referring to like Sabbath keeping or apostolic or something like that, Jehovah's Witness type, right? Where there are so many rules for everything, right? We don't eat certain foods. Um, we of course observe the Sabbath, which means that Friday sunset we're in. And it's all about God until Saturday at sunset. No work, no cooking, no this, no microwave, no nothing. And I mean, our church was all about the rules, right? And this is what I was brought up in. So when um, when I'm talking about like um, feeling a, a way about things, like you're feeling like you're against every rule, it's because my church had every single rule. Like girls could not do certain things with their hair. They had to wear skirts to be inside the sanctuary. Like every rule that you can think of, our church had it. So now I'm at the age of expiration now, and I'm um, Sabbath is Sabbath starts from Friday night till Saturday. I'm at the age where it's like um, essentially forming that double life thing, right? So I would essentially start to sneak out to going to the gay clubs after church, and you know because like I said, church is on Saturday for us. You know they do the Saturday night to Sunday for the. Sunday worshipers, it was the opposite for myself, right? Where I would leave church and be like, oh my God, um, try to leave it all at the altar. You know, I don't want to feel this way anymore. But then at the end of the day, I will still leave and still have the attraction to guys, right? Um, and because I felt like that was already the sin enough in itself, um, I was already like fucked up by having the attraction. Nothing that I did coming from the action or from the feeling was worse than even having the feeling, right? So eventually you have that feeling you're going to act on it. Of course, those feelings turn into action. And that's where the sin comes into play because it's not being gay that's the sin because that's just how you identify. That's the feelings you have. Sin is literally something that you do, you acting on it, right? So that is also a point to even say how gay people can still be Christian because it's the sin that makes you gay and the gay is not the sin, it's the actual action of fornicating or, you know, doing other stuff that come from it. That's the actual sin. But anyways, moving on. Um, so I'm at the age of exploring now, of course. People start to um, find out. Um, and these people, of course, being people who are in the church, start to find out. And instead of... and Yeah, so instead of them 
turning that, like, I guess, discovery into, you know, trying to turn it into some kind of mediation or something like that, it obviously becomes some type of witch hunt or exposing type of situation where people start to gossip to one another and then um, there is a mob mentality now that kind of forms because everybody kind of knows that this person is gay so there now needs to be a certain kind of way that this person is now dealt with because this person is gay and it goes against everything that you know we're doing and we stand for right so now we are at the place where now everybody knows about me let's just say right and um i'm kind of being told that i have to make a decision right um and the Decision that I'm being told to make, and in these words, um, I'm saying it's very much like you either have to pick being gay or pick being a Christian. And that to me was already like, first of all, you guys are coming to me with that kind of like, um, that tone as in like, you're basically you have to kind of just forego yourself and just dismiss who the hell you are um, to kind of rock with us. And you coming at me with any of that is already giving like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are kind of thing, but I'm already going to stand my ground just because you're coming at me with that energy. So I definitely chose to, I guess, be gay, right? But that doesn't mean that I'm also not being a Christian, right? And what I feel like happens is in our community, well, as black people, there is a, there is a, a way of trying to pass on the oppression that we have been handed to through white supremacy and through thinking that we're using the Bible to back these things up, right? But it's actually white supremacy that people are have um, ingested and kind of owned, essentially, and they're now passing that on to people in their own race. So when I, when I ask people, like... Um, like their issue with gay people, they obviously use religion to back it up, Christianity to back it up, which is already so foolish because we already know that there can be any kind of Christian. And if we actually look in, now I didn't want to talk about the angle, but if we actually look into the lives of people who actually, you know, claim Christianity, we know that it's not always so squeaky clean and whatever. Everybody's dealing with a struggle. And that's kind of why I'm like, if everyone is dealing with a struggle, why can't a gay person be dealing with a struggle of homosexuality and still identify as Christian? And that is actually why I know, coming from my upbringing, and I kind of had to skip over some details because I don't want to, first of all, expose people. And I know even by telling this story right now that people are going to be trying to link things together and kind of be like, oh, I know this person, you're talking about this and that and that, which is going to happen because at the end of the day, you guys know who I am or some of you might know me and know my story. So whatever that's on you, at the end of the day, if you didn't do it, I wouldn't be able to talk about it right now. And if this did not happen, I would probably still be in the church, right? Um, but the thing that I have to say about that is I also feel that the the destiny that God had for me is still going to happen whether I'm in that church or not, right? I believe that God has a plan for my life that really involves people and bringing people together for good, right? And yeah, of course, you know, like in my youth, you know, I had my ways about me and whatever, whatever, but I feel like in the end, people will know the greater message, right? And the greater good of things. Um, and that is the whole point of, you know, being a Christian and following the path of God anyways, because you hold, you're supposed to kind of want to bring new people into the fold and show people that there is another way of being Christian, that you can actually 
um, serve God in your struggle and in your midst. Um, yeah, because at the end of the day, you can still serve God in your struggle and you can actually still be like, essentially, you can still be a struggling Christian. Why? Because what is a Christian? A Christian is simply put a follower of Christ, Christian, Christian, Christ follower, right? Straightforward. And if, if you're trying to take away all the other fluff behind that, that is kind of what it is, and that's the bottom line to it. And people try to add all these other things and labels and stuff like that to it. But if you look at the actual life of Christ and who he came for, and if you listen to the messages that he actually shared and take in the, you know, the parables of the line, the choices that he made and the statements that he made, he was always here for the people who everybody thought was not fit to kind of be in that kingdom or in the kingdom so you know even up until he was on the cross where he was on the cross with like a thief and i think a murderer because it was not just jesus on the cross by himself it was three people on the cross right um on different crosses sorry and um he basically was like god forgive them you know pick taking them out basically telling them that salvation is still for them even though they're still on their last breath and they're about to like die for the crimes that they did if they if they confess now and give their life to god then they can also still um reap the benefits of being a christian if god's if jesus christ himself said it to them then why can't we be gay and christian like it just doesn't make no sense to me um, and yeah, like I said, in the, at the end of the day, you have to think about how you actually treat people. Now, um, a, a comparison that I actually wanted to make, um, before, um, ending this is thinking about like when I was younger, who I was seeing being run out of the church, right? Because now at this time, right now, you're seeing a lot of gay people, like from my generation, the gays have left the church, right? But when I was younger, um, I was seeing a lot of single mothers and young uh, teenagers that were becoming pregnant. They were the ones getting kicked out of church. It was a witch hunt to them. And the, they started leaving the church because of the very same reason why the gays have left the church now. It's just because of the judgment that comes from those who are in the church when they see that they're act when they get to see them in their situation. So you see that this person is dealing with, you know, like sex and whatever, and she didn't wear a condom. It really could only take one time for some of these girls to become pregnant, first of all, right? And then you see her pregnant, the judgment comes into play. And no matter you might want to forgive her, whatever, but the church itself, you start to come to church and the looks that she will get and the the murmurs that she will hear about herself essentially make her really know that the people in this body do not see it for me, so therefore I'm leaving. And those were a lot of the people that were leaving when I was coming up. And now from my generation, and I see a lot of people in the community who are who were raised in their church as well. Like they all were raised in the church. A lot of them sing and were super, super active in the church. And then as soon as they find out about their sexuality, the way that they get dismissed or the way that they get treated, eventually they leave the church. And that is, that is the problem. The problem is not the fact that people are identifying or that they're struggling like this. The, the actual problem is the treatment that we get when people start to see us in our truth. Like, are you actually doing the greater message? Are you actually um, looking out for that person that has strayed from the flock, right? Jesus talks about the 99 and the one and everybody thinking that the flock is so important, but Jesus is there like, how are you guys so focused on this whole bunch of us who are, 
who are together and got it, got this, but you forgot about that one person who left, and then he went back to go get that one person because in God's mind, Jesus's mind, that is who the gospel is for, the one who is not on that path with you. So um, my message and... Um, my message and hope is that people really reconsider how they treat people when they actually are privy to knowing some private situations and some real struggles that they're actually dealing with. Like, are you actually, you know, listening with an ear of Christ? Is that how Christ would answer? You know, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus run these people away? No, he would not. He would have found a way for us to still stay around. Like, like I said, it's better you struggle here like all the straight people get to do. They all struggle here because there's still adultery. There is still backbiting. There's still gossiping. There's still whoring among each other that the straight people do. So how come they get to struggle here, but we can't? And that's the plot twist.